don't go on can't be too expensive. Value yourself and value what you are putting out there. If you think your item isn't worth whatever price your competitor is doing, you need to relook at yourself, your own value system and your product because your product should be the one that you will pay a million dollars for. Hi, and welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. I'm Dana, founder of Bright Red Marketing. And after helping so many businesses in the e-commerce space over the years, including helping two clients hit huge milestones this year, one having their first million dollar year and the second their first $2 million dollar year, I wanted to bring you the best experts in e-commerce stories from Australia straight to you. If you're wanting relatable stories and actionable advice, you're in the right place. Want help with your Facebook and Instagram ads? Remember, you can always book in a free strategy session at brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash free dash strategy dash session. We'll run through your ads, see what's working and what's not, and no sales pitch, I promise. Unless, of course, you ask what it's like to work with us. Hi, and welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. Today, we're here with Angie from Pear Collections. Welcome, Angie. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So can you tell us a little bit about how Pear Collections started? Yeah, it's actually a bit of a funny story. So I have a background in fashion design, but I've been running other people's businesses for years and years. And I had just finished a job that I'd been at for five years and I was ready to go and do more interviews to go to another business. And I was trying to get an outfit that's really the boss lady outfit and shopping has never been privileged or enjoyable for me as a petite pear-shaped woman. So I brought my partner and we went shopping. All I needed to find was one pair of pants, black pants. And I tried 20 pair of black pants and none of them actually fit me. God. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I hate to say it was an isolated situation, but no, this is always the situation. So I broke down like any normal woman would in the yep. fitting room. We've all done it in the Dean's yep. fitting room. <laughs> yep. We've all done it. And I was just so beside myself and my partner being my loving, supporting partner didn't understand why the clothes didn't fit me. He loves my body. He loves the curves that I have and he doesn't understand why nothing was fitting. And so I had a little vent coming from the fashion design background being like clothing isn't made for my body. It's not made for my curves. It's like the actual how clothes are made aren't suited for women that have larger bottoms and smaller tops. Yeah. And so he kind of just looked at me very seriously. He's also an entrepreneur and went, well, why don't you just fix it then? I mean, <laughs> <Just> obviously. <laughs> so simple, obviously. And I went very funny, ha, 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 settled on one pair of pants that would suit just for the interview that I had. And we were walking out and he's like, no, seriously, you know how to do, you know how to design clothes, you know how to make clothes, you know how to run businesses. Why don't you just fix it? And it's kind of come from there. So that's how, that's why it's called Pair Collections because it's for pear-shaped women. And it has all been created out of the frustration of the lack of options and horrible, horrible uh, fitting situations that we've all had. Yeah, I love that. I love hearing how businesses sort of come about. Some people really think through and have to mm -hmm. come up with lots of ideas and then settle on an idea. And then sometimes you're in a fitting room and you're trying things on <laughs> and you're just like, done, I have a business now. Thank you. <laughs> it was it was very, very it happened very quickly within two weeks. I had the name, I created the logo myself and it was just one of those things. It was really organic and really meant to be. 
<laughs> yeah, amazing. Were there any particular marketing strategies or tactics that you really utilized, you love, they work the best in your kind of experience that you've used? So many. <laughs> so many. <laughs> <that> breakdown? <laughs> so many. So I do have a background in digital marketing. So we do email marketing. We do social media marketing. We do more organic SEO with blogs. And we also do a video blog instead of a podcast because we're a clothing brand. It's good to be visual. So we kind of do a whole holistic approach to our marketing and it's been designed very specifically and it's batched. So everything I do, I don't do on the day it launches. Everything I do, I do at a minimum a month ahead of time. I try and do it a little bit more a month ahead of time, but I try to make sure that my community can depend on me having a blog come out every month or a video blog, an actual me sitting down, talking you through how to fit into dresses or what to look for when you're shopping every single month. I post every single day on social media. I do stories and reels all the time. And I like to make sure that my community can depend on that coming out. So I batch it to make sure that it's going to come out. <laughs> Wonderful. And I suppose you never have that last minute stress of, oh, crap, I haven't posted anything this week. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to say I have it, but I do. I am, I am human. Yeah, I am human. <laughs> but I do try and plan ahead just so that it is done so that I... I find with pair collections, it's based off of my own experience. And again, I am human. Our whole basis of pair is that it's to love your curves. And I'm human. Sometimes I don't love my curves. And sometimes I'm not in the place to be inspiring for other females. And so I like to talk about it, about my own journey of valuing myself, loving my body, but I have to be in the right mindset to do that. So I really like to try and do it on days that I'm feeling really inspired. I do a lot of work those days. <laughs> I mean, that's a good day to do a lot of work. Other than waiting till you're inspired, do you have any other tips on kind of that batch content creation process? Yeah. Yes. So I try with my clients as well, I try and tell my clients to batch everything they can. So for pair collections, we do an RSS feed. So I do onboarding email series for when someone comes into our community. I do my RSS feed and I do two blogs every single week for email marketing. Sorry, two emails. In those two emails, I batch them. I try and get them done at least six months and ahead. And I sit down one day and do it. I don't go around going, oh, I need to do it today. I sit down and do that all in one day. Yep. While all of my other automated email marketing goes out for my blogs, I sit there and try and do a, about three blogs, three to four blogs a month also in one day. Yep. And then I schedule them out so that they can go out. Again, I just want to make sure that they're going to be going out. And it also helps me tee up any, I do a lot of affiliate marketing and I do a lot of collaborations with my community. So whether it's models, whether it's hair and makeup, whether it's photography, anything like that, it allows me to make sure that I have that content on that day 
so I can actually write the blogs. So I do one day for email marketing, one day for blog content creation, one day for me filming my actual video blogs. I batch those as well. I do one per month, but I typically film about three per session that I sit down and then I do the editing and then I do the scheduling, the content writing, everything. So that's about one day as well. And then my last day is for social media marketing. And again, I sit down and I do everything all on that one day. And then I know I don't have to worry about it until the next month. And then after that, I can just enjoy my life and enjoy this past weekend was Gold Coast Fashion Week. And we were in it and I had one of my friends that comes every single year and a picture was published the day before the event. And I forgot I had even scheduled it to go out. And so (laughs) as you do, and I was sitting beside her at dinner for a celebration for Gold Coast Fashion Week. And it was a really pleasant surprise that it came out because it was a photo of me and her (laughs) celebrating this year's event. And I was like, oh my gosh, look what came up. This is amazing. So it's timing. (laughs) It's great timing. And it was kind of just a nice, sometimes it's nice to actually enjoy your own feats rather than thinking of them as cumbersome or a task that has to be done. So once you get out of the way that one day, then it actually becomes more enjoyable and you get to actually be part of the community. So I really enjoy doing that. I love that. And it sounds like it would take so much of the stress out. And as you said, you can enjoy Gold Coast Fashion Week. (laughs) Yeah, so much so. It's even sometimes I'll see an email and I'll see, I won't even notice who it's from, but I really like the subject line. And I'm like, oh, let's go into it. And then I go into it and it's my own email. It, It happens all the time. And it's something that it takes so much stress away and it allows me to do everything else that is the business. So it makes it just much nicer. Wonderful. Tell us about your decision to do capsule collections rather than that more fast fashion approach, obviously, apart from the like massive sustainability impacts of that. (laughs) So I've been in the field, in the industry for a very long time. And I always, I loved being, because every time I would work in a different brand, I used to get a new outfit, every every new line, every new drop, I would get something out of there and I loved it. But at the same time, I really hated the amount of waste and the concepts that you need to buy new items every single month, $500 worth of new items to love yourself and feel comfortable and confident. So I really didn't want to create a brand around that. What I wanted to create a brand around was loving yourself and being comfortable with who you are in the body that you're in, in the curves that you have. So I based the capsules around everything that is just flattering to our pear-shaped bodies. More based around that than based around what the newest fad is. Every single item is there for a very specific reason and it makes it so that you have a more positive shopping experience and it allows our community to basically get the whole range and have that range for a long time. I've been wearing my jeans since the business started in 2019 and I wear them at least once a week and they still look just as good as new. (laughs) 
it, it's the clothing is made to last. It's meant to be really flattering, even on days that you're feeling a bit bigger than you are. So it was really about making it work for the community. And it's much more of an economical and environmental and sustainable option than getting a new item every single fashion drop. So we wanted to just be a bit more responsible in all aspects of the business. We also do environmental. Everything is recycled. Everything, every item that is even purchased, 5% goes to a charity that we do in the Gulf Coast as well, just to give back as well. So we wanted to be a really responsible business. So we went for capsule collections instead of fast fashion because we wanted to do what we do really, really well and focus on the quality, not the quantity. I love that. How do you balance that with, because obviously fast fashion is profitable because you've Mm -hmm. got constant collection. You can have a really high lifetime value of a customer, those sorts of things. Obviously, what you're doing is much better for the planet and much better for people's wallets. But sort of how do you balance that with profit? It does impact the profit. I'm not going to lie. It does impact the profit. But thankfully, I've been doing manufacturing for many years. So I have some amazing manufacturers. So I build everything into my pricing. So I am a pricing specialist. So I break things down into what the landed cost is, what the shipping cost is going to be, what the marketing cost is going to be over the lifetime of the product. And then I kind of work it that way. And then I also put into, if I could, again, we offer free shipping. So it's just great all around for a lot of our clients. Yeah. Well, it's all worked in. Exactly. So we still want to be priced accordingly. So we just have it at a very specific price point that is going to allow the business to kind of survive. So we, our clients typically always do buy the entire range or customers. So that also is something that a lot of fast fashion can't guarantee on. A lot of people who buy from fast fashion might buy one item where a lot of my customers buy the entire range. And you do have that risk too of fast fashion where you might introduce 50 new pieces or 60 new pieces and 30 of them sell. And then you're exactly. holding stock and the rest are done. Sale and whereas exactly. I really like your your way of doing things. I was just curious how yeah. you sort of mitigate. Yeah. And the- we don't do that's another thing. We don't do a lot of sales. We have stockists and we work with stylists as well. And to navigate sales with stockists and stylists, it makes it a lot harder. So we don't do sales. We do a boxing week sale once a year, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. So instead of fast fashion, we just basically don't do sales. And so that that. makes a big difference as well. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing that. I appreciate it. I know that automations, we've talked a little bit about batching, but you've also mentioned that automations are something that you've really (laughs) built into the brand. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how it helps and how other people can automate more of their business? Absolutely. So I have the amazing ability that my partner is also in web and marketing. So between the two of us, we sit down with our minds and think of the easiest way something can be done. 
basically. So everything is automated within my business, except for the warehousing. Everything in regards to the website, we use a WordPress website in We've done WordPress opposed to Shopify because we have so many integrations that it makes it much more financially viable than using Shopify because Shopify is amazing. I love it. However, as you get more integrated and more intense of a website, it can get very costly. So on our website, we have a wholesale profile. We have a stockist profile. We have affiliate marketing profiles and that just gets really expensive. So As soon as you do anything on my website, you get put into email marketing automations automatically. As soon as you make a purchase on the website, you go into a certain email marketing sequence as well. And then you also, everything is automated. So we use Sendle for shipping because it makes it easy for automations for me to do. I pack it. They come pick it up. I've been working with the same driver for years now. So it makes it really nice and easy. And so as soon as an order goes in, it goes directly to Sendle. The Sendle receipt gets printed out on my printer. Immediately, it's all done for me. I pack it, I ship it. Everything else in the back end is also automated. So my invoicing is automated. My bookkeeping is automated because I have that background in accounting. Very nice. My website tells me if we're getting low in stock in anything, then it immediately sends me an email and then it helps me to communicate with my stockists and helps me to communicate with my wholesale, actual, my manufacturers as well. So if there's anything that's running low, my stockists know immediately in case they want to do a top up and then it goes into the manufacturing for more items to come in. And then it also goes into Airtable. The email that's sent takes me directly to Airtable where I handle all of my manufacturing requirements as well. And then it tells me this is how many I ordered last time. So I can check to see what sizes are selling out quicker than others. Are there some sizes that don't need to be replenished? It all automatically fills in the information for me so that I can sit down and do basically a day's work in an hour to two hours. We love that. Is there a particular app or something that you're using to do the automation or it depends on the different platforms and things? It all depends on the different platforms, but anything that doesn't automatically integrate, I use Zapier. Lovely. We also like Zapier. It's amazing. It changes your life. Yes, we we do the automations. (laughs) Obviously, you've built a really niche brand, like not even just within fashion, doing capsules, like you're really only targeting that sort of pair shape. What are some of the biggest advantages and then disadvantages you found in having such a like targeted product? Mm. Because everyone says niche down, but you've like really niche down down. to the max. I love it, but I want to know. (laughs) It so some advantages is as soon as someone discovers my brand, we basically are best friends for life because I'm a petite pair as well, but my mom is a plus size pair. So I grew up looking at her and her struggles as well. So pair collections doesn't focus on just one. We focus on both sides of the spectrum of pear-shaped bodies. So we don't niche down there. So basically as soon as someone discovers us, we are there for every bouts of life. And as women do, we gain and lose weight. So it allows women, if they go from a petite pair to a plus size, we're there and then vice versa. So as soon as we get a client, we have them for life. And any time we have a new item, 
that is about to come out, they jump on it. Amazing. I mean, the fact that you said most of your customers buy everything. The whole range. Is, I mean, testament to that, isn't it? It's it's basically a capsule collection stream is that they buy everything. So we have that. And then the downside is that we are so incredibly niched that it is difficult to be seen through the noise. So, you know, especially in Australia, there are some really amazing Australian fast fashion brands. And so trying to weed our way through to actually be seen in the realm of digital marketing is very difficult. So that would be the biggest downside. It's one of those things that you're not going to like this, but we don't do a lot of ads. No, I love that. Like I love Facebook ads. No, no, don't don't get me wrong. I love Facebook ads. I think they're amazing. They do not work for everyone. And the people that say that Facebook ads work for everyone annoy me because in a business like yours, you need new and you need exciting and you don't have new and exciting because you have sustainable and capsule and that doesn't really work in that digital space. We don't even... We don't even try and we don't even try to compete because they're not even our competitors, but our, our, our community within Australian fast fashion do ads really well. And that's what they're good at. What we're good at is the organic, it's the community base. And that's what we tend to focus on. But there is a whole chunk of the market that we are missing out because we don't have the reach that they do. I imagine you get a lot of like referrals and my friend recommended you and that sort of Absolutely. stuff as well. Absolutely. And one way that we also do that is through collaborations. So Amazing. again, we don't do any marketing, any like ad. So we have a little bit of wiggle room in regards to what we can spend or what we can give away for collaboration. It's one of those things that it's mutually extremely beneficial. It's a really really healthy relationship. And it allows us to do that because we do focus on more community and then they share it with their community and it kind of goes that way. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Before we wrap up, do you think there's anything that we haven't covered that you think would be good to share? I think think when it comes to running a business, any business, and especially running an e-commerce business, it's reminding yourself consistently why you're doing it and what you love about it. So I'm really big with outsourcing. With businesses, not everyone can do everything. And one of those things is digital marketing and process automation, integrations, A lot of people don't think that way naturally. So reminding yourself as a business owner, what you do and why you created the business is really important because you're going to love your business a lot more on an ongoing basis when you're doing what you love. So outsource what you don't know and you don't do really well and you don't love so that you can continually come to work every day loving what you do. I find with e-commerce businesses, that's what I always hear people are saying, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do this. I have no idea what I'm doing. I feel so lost. Don't outsource it. Get someone else to do it. Learn the basics so you're aware and you can have really high-level conversations, but then do what you love and do that every day instead. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And actually on that note, I find one of the reasons a lot of businesses don't do that is because they're not making enough money 
because they haven't worked out their margins very well and they actually can't afford to. So do you have any tips and suggestions around that? Because I know that's something a lot of businesses struggle with. They're like, oh, I can't be too expensive, but then they don't make any money. Yeah. One, don't go on can't be too expensive. Value yourself and value what you are putting out there. If you think your item isn't worth whatever price your competitor is doing, you need to relook at yourself, your own value system and your product because your product should be the one that you will pay a million dollars for. Basically, you should love love your product. Also with pricing, don't just pick a price. You need to work backwards to work forwards. So you need to know what your manufacturing costs, what your um, landed costs are going to be, what your logistics costs, what if you're stocking, like keeping your stock somewhere in a warehouse, what that cost is going to be every single month, what your shipping is going to be, uh, what your marketing, everyone always forgets to input marketing into their price. Yes, they do. <laughs> it's, it's one of the biggest issues because having your stock is great, but you need to actually have money to market your stock. Yeah, no, I agree that we, we have lots of clients come to us and they're like, oh, our margins are 50%, 60%, whatever they are. And enough. I sit there and I go, okay, so like the average cost of a Facebook ad these days is like $20 to $40 mm-hmm. cost per purchase. You can do better. Obviously, you can do a lot worse. Do you have any profit left after that? Yeah. Like- well, I was just I was just talking to a client who was selling something that was awesome for $5 with free shipping. If that, um, if one person buys that one item, she's in the hole, probably about $5 because most places in us, if not more, <laughs> most places just to ship something is seven to $10 in Australia. So it's really thinking back and thinking about all of the expenses. I also, with a lot of my clients input an admin cost as well. And yeah. once you add up everything for the entire quantity of whatever you're you're selling then you break it down to what the individual cost is and then you do your markup for what you want to actually be able to sustain your business yeah I love them yeah by working it back like that you should be able to afford things and the first expense I always say is website the second expense is your digital marketing because without your digital marketing no one's going to find your website so you have to spend that money Yeah. And I think it's so important. And I think so many people get really excited and start businesses and they go, oh, it costs me $12 to make. I'm going to sell it for 60. Fantastic. I'm going to make so much money. But there's so many costs. There's so many costs. So now we just get into the questions that we ask everyone. So do you have any strategies or habits that you follow each day to help you stay on track? Absolutely. Every single Monday, I do a Monday checklist. And I go through what needs to be done that day. And I don't really veer off of that for every single day. I use a task management software called ClickUp. And that tells, it tells me what I'm doing every day instead of me sitting down going what I want to do every day. That rules my life. And then habits every single morning, I wake up and I do the same routine every single day and it's scheduled into my calendar. So I don't miss it. I get up, I do my meditation. I do some physical exercise. I've got a couple of different things that I do and then I eat and then I sit down, I look at my tasks and then I start my day. And it makes it so that I start my day in a really positive way and my team can do the same because they're not waiting for me for something. So that's every single day I do that. And then every day I 
book in an hour of me time. Doesn't matter what it is, but it's an hour of me time that is required. I love that. I also love that you've pretty much automated your life. Well, I have to. It's so much easier. I just I just came back from Thailand for four weeks and my business, no one noticed I was away. That's the dream. That's the dream. Do you have a favorite business book? Oh gosh, I'm, I'm I'm obsessed with business books. One of my favorites is Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. It's okay. something that I discovered my automation life through. Not so much business book though. It's the one that started it all. Live the life you love by Naomi Simons, Simons, I think, the owner of Red Balloon. And in there, it really, it's an amazing, it's a massive book, but there's like little worksheets in there. And it really helped me rediscover my passion and helped me create peer collections because it's my passion project. Amazing. I may have to add that one to the list. I have it's amazing. Like four it's, hour work week on my shelf. <laughs> it's I've read it twice. I have I'm in the midst of reading. I've just read two of his other books as well. I just I love his mindset of things. But yeah, <laughs> the the other one really helps you reignite your passion, which I think is also really good for business owners to do Definitely. every once in a while. Do you have a favorite podcast? Oh, I do actually, besides yours. Oh, thank you. I listen to two on an ongoing basis. One is the Claire Wood podcast by Claire Wood. She is a financial mentor to help you know your money. And then I also listen to her Empire Builder, which is amazing. It is all about, they're really focused about women in business and growing business and creating the life that you love. And so I listen to those consistently. Besides Amazing. yours, of course. Thank you. I, I, you did tell me that you have flown through our episodes. <laughs> yes, it's I have. Very I think big, two left. <laughs> very big compliment. Thank you. I'm a binger. <laughs> and if people want to visit you, what's the best way to do that? And I believe you have a, a special offer for our listeners. Oh, I do. I do. So best way to find us is on Instagram. I am always on Instagram and it's pair underscore collection or, or just go to my website. But yes, we do have a special treat for you guys. What we're wanting to do for you guys is offer you 20% off our entire range and it's ongoing. You can only use it once as a person, but for anyone who is listening to this, because I am one of those people, I will listen to a podcast two years after it's been launched. So anyone listening to this, pop on paircollections.com.au and you guys will get 20% off. I will be giving everyone the code. So make sure to go to the actual description in this podcast to get the code and to make sure that you also follow this podcast and you guys get 20% off our range. 5% of that always goes to a local community charity that focus on helping homeless. And we focus on supplying 5% of our income to buying clothing for homeless. So that's something that you'll be helping while also finding clothing that you absolutely love. It just sounds like such a lovely buying experience. (laughs) I try. (laughs) Sounds lovely. So thank you so much for joining us. I really, really enjoyed having you on the show and just you've shared so much and I really appreciate that. No worries. Thank you so much for having me on and I hope your listeners gained a lot from this episode. Thanks for listening to the Bright Lines of E-commerce podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes at brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash episode 33. Thanks for listening.